If you will, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, just the next passage in our trek through the Gospel of John. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 44, but if you'll stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word, we're just going to read the first 16 verses. If you're there, say word. word. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that, that we may die with him. Let's pray. Father God, we pray that you would add a blessing upon your word this morning. We know that the best thing that we can do this morning is read your word. So God, I pray that you'll use me as you see fit at this time. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands for our offenses given. But now at God's right hand he stands and, bring us, and brings us life from heaven. Therefore let us joyful be and sing to God right thankfully loud songs of hallelujah. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. Holy Scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. His sting is lost forever. Then let us feast this Easter day on Christ, the bread of heaven. The word of grace hath purged away the old and evil leaven. Christ alone our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. Faith lives upon no other. Poem by Martin Luther. What a day Easter Sunday is. Every week, every Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection and what Christ did for us on the cross and in the tomb. 
We don't celebrate Easter one Sunday out of the year. We celebrate Easter every Sunday out of the year. And personally, we celebrate Easter every day out of the year. Easter is the reason we sing songs and praise to God. Easter is the reason we pray. Easter is the reason we preach the gospel, because if Christ never resurrected from the grave, there'd be no reason to worship. But our Savior lives, and He deserves all praise, honor, and glory. When we think about Easter, we can be reminded of many things. But what I want you to take away from today's message is that Easter reminds us of the hope that we have in God who raises dead people to life. It's the big idea I want you to take away from this message. If there's one thing I want you to walk away, being able to say to somebody today, hey, what did your preacher preach on? This is it. Easter reminds us of the hope we have in God who raises dead people to life. And we can witness this reminder here in John 11 this morning on the resurrection of Lazarus. Now, this isn't the Easter story, but this points us to the Easter story. This is a foreshadowing in the Gospel of John of what is to come with Jesus. So let's dig in. I have four, four Easter reminders for you this Easter Sunday. And if you've got your little sermon outlined there, they're going to be right there for you. So first, Easter reminds us that we can trust in God's purpose. Easter reminds us that we can trust in God's purpose. As we come to this passage in John, we first see Jesus being told that his friend Lazarus is ill. Lazarus is the brother to Mary and Martha. And this family, this family is special to Jesus. They're friends. They have that closeness. But after being told that Lazarus is ill, Jesus responds in verse 4 by saying, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified. God has a purpose for Lazarus's illness. That purpose is to bring him glory. Jesus doesn't mean that this illness will not kill Lazarus, but he means that his illness will not lead to death, that it will end in the resurrection from the dead. After Jesus was told this message about his friend's illness, he didn't up and run to Lazarus in, in the midst of it. He, he waited. He waited on God's timing because he, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that he was going to go and raise Lazarus from the dead so that God may be glorified and that the disciples may believe. Remember why we are going through the Gospel of John. Remember why John wrote this, John 20, 31. I write these things so that you may believe who Jesus is. And this chapter right here, chapter 11, shows us that we can believe who Jesus is. This doctrine of the resurrection is comforting to us. Not only in the midst of death, but in the midst of all of our trials. 
No matter what we are struggling with, we see that God has a purpose. Just like he has a purpose for Lazarus' death. He has a purpose for our life. He has a purpose for our trials. First and foremost is to bring him glory. We, we, we recently did a series through trials and suffering, talking about how God uses our trials in our life for our good and his glory. But when we look at the cross, when we see what Christ encountered on our behalf on the cross, our trials do not compare to the suffering that Christ endured on our behalf. And God had a purpose for the suffering of Jesus. Christ didn't go to the cross by accident. Christ didn't go to the cross because he got in trouble. Christ purposefully, obediently, willingly went to the cross. Why? Because God had a purpose to purchase his church. And just as we see here in the first part of chapter 11, we see that, 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 that Jesus is showing us that, that Lazarus is sick for a reason. That God's going to use it to show people something. Verses 11 through 16, check it out. It says this, after saying these things, he said to them, my friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And, and for your sake, for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Church, is it comforting to know that God has a purpose for your suffering? God wants to use your suffering for your good and for His glory no matter what you're struggling with. He wants to show you that you can trust Him. My sons do some stupid things. They're four and two. Y'all remember that age? No, we don't. <laughs> They do some of the most ridiculous things. Trevin decides that he wants to hang on the arm of the couch and try to stand up on it. Trevin, you don't want to do that. Trevin, get down. Don't listen to me? Okay. <laughs> Let me just throw a pillow over there. Then you'll probably listen to me after you fall. God wants to show us in the midst of our trials, in the midst of what we're struggling with, that we can trust Him. That we should listen to Him. Church, do you trust Him? Do you trust in His purpose for what you're struggling with? Because Easter reminds us that we can trust in His purpose. There was a purpose for Lazarus' suffering. There was a purpose for Christ's suffering on the cross. The purpose was to purchase us, to save us, to redeem us. The blood that was shed was the payment for our sins. And, if, and, and check this out, church. If God is willing, 
If God's willing to send his own son to suffer on our behalf for our sin and shame, then don't you think that we can trust him when suffering comes our way? If he's willing to pay that cost for our sake, if he's willing to go to that far length to save us, to redeem us, then don't you think we can trust him? Don't you think we can trust his purpose? He has a purpose. Do you trust it? Second, Easter reminds us that we can believe in God's promises. Easter reminds us that we can believe in God's promises. From verses 17 to 27, we see Martha's conversation with Jesus. Verse 21, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She doesn't rebuke him. Jesus has shown up. Jesus is here. She's not rebuking him. She's stating a fact. And Jesus responds by saying to her, your brother will rise again. Now, she's a little confused at this moment because she thinks that Jesus is talking about the final resurrection. Well, of course, he's going to rise again in the final re resurrection. But Jesus is promising here that today, today, in just a few moments, her brother will rise again. Church, do you believe in God's promises today? Do you believe that God keeps his promises? Because let me tell you, the cross is God keeping his promises. Jesus makes a profound statement here, another I am statement. In verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is stating that he is the resurrection and that he is the life. Jesus gives the meaning to life and the answer to death. Jesus promises eternal life, abundant life to whoever will believe in him. And let me tell you, that abundant life begins when you believe in him, not when you die. Jesus died not to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. Church, G Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Are you alive today? Because we must understand the truth of our depravity here. We are spiritually dead people. Ephesians 2 says that you are dead in your sins. You are dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. You're not dying. You're not splashing around waiting on a life preserver. You're not seeking help. You're not waving your arms looking for a Savior. No, you are dead. That's what chapter 11 shows us with Lazarus. We are Lazarus in this story. We are dead. I did a Greek study one time on the Greek word for dead. You know what it means? Dead. You are dead in your sin. You are so dead in your sin that you need a resurrection. 
Ephesians 2 continues to say those great words, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. He resurrected us together with Christ, those who believe in him. So let me ask you, church, do you need a resurrection today? I believe that the resurrection pertains to first our spiritual souls to be raised from death to life. But I also believe that this resurrection can also be applied to anything within our lives that is spiritually dying. How's your marriage going? Is Christ at the center of it? How's your spiritual walk going? Is Christ at the center of it? We need a resurrection. In church, this is why we celebrate Easter. It's all about the resurrection. This is why we worship on Sundays, because Christ was resurrected on a Sunday. Paul says, if Christ wasn't resurrected, then we have no reason to worship at all. And all of this is pointless. But since there was a resurrection, we can be resurrected and we now have reason to worship because Christ has defeated the grave. Jesus concludes his encounter with Martha here with a question that we all need to answer. Do you believe this? I hope you don't leave this building without answering that question. Do you believe this? Thirdly, Easter re reminds us that we can find comfort in God's compassion. We can find comfort in God's compassion. Look at what happens in verse 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, the shortest verse in the entire Bible. Jesus wept. Verse 36, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Easter reminds us that we can find comfort in God's compassion. We see Jesus weeping here. We see the compassion that he has for his people and for what they are struggling with. He's grieving because of what sin has done to the world. It's sin that causes death. It's sin that is causing their unbelief right now. Christ, their shepherd, is hurting while they are hurting. We saw in, in John 10 where Christ expresses how he, he is the good shepherd. Chapter 11 is him showing them that he's the good shepherd. I have to tell you, when you hurt, I hurt. When I see you struggling, when I see your family hurting, when, when I see you hurting, I hurt. You can ask my wife. There have been many sleepless nights. 
worried about you, praying for you, seeing how you're struggling, how you're in pain. Christ as the good shepherd hurts because we are hurting. He hurts because they are hurting. We see here the heart of the Lamb of God who is about to offer His life to overcome our sin and death. It's His compassion that leads Him to the cross. It's His compassion for His church that leads Him to die for them. Church, God cares for you. God loves you. He sympathizes with His people. Find comfort in that. Jesus' friend has died, but He's not weeping because His friend has died here. He knows that He has come to raise Him from the dead. He's weeping over what sin has done to the world and what sin has done to His people. He's weeping because He knows what could have been if it wasn't for sin. That's our Savior right there. That's our Savior. And fourthly, Easter reminds us that we can find rest in God's power. Easter re reminds us that we can find rest in God's power. Look at verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord... By this time, there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Now, there was this Jewish theory that the soul will hang around the body for around three days. And so there was one reason why Jesus waited this long to come and raise Lazarus from the dead is to show people he's really dead. Do you smell it? He's really dead. Verse 40, Jesus said, or did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Church, we can rest in God's power. The resurrection reminds us of the power that God ha has to raise people from the dead. That's our hope in our life is that God would raise us from the dead. We see it in the Easter story where Christ, who was in the tomb for three days, was resurrected from the dead. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that's living within us right now, raising us from the dead. It's the same power that strengthens us every single day to encounter this sin-infested world. It's the same power that we have every single day to overcome the sin and struggles in our own life. It's the power that God gives us through His presence within us. Christ says, I must go away so that a helper can come. That helper has come. The Holy Spirit, because of Christ's resurrection and ascension into heaven, the Holy Spirit is now present within us. 
we see this power here. Church, it's this power that saved my soul. It's this power that has made me the man that I am today. And let me still tell you, I stand before you as an unworthy man to even be opening God's word before you and proclaiming this message. Jesus says in verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Easter reminds us of God's power to raise dead men from the grave. I like what happens at the end of this. Verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I've been told, as, as you've probably been told too, that if Jesus would not have said Lazarus, but have, would, would have just said come out, Jesus' power is so great, every body in every grave would have come out. There's one gospel account that shares that after Jesus Christ died on the cross, the tombs were opened and saints were walking the streets who had already died. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Hey, wait. Aren't you dead? It's that same power that raises us from the grave. It's that same power that takes our heart of stone and turns it into a heart of flesh. It's that same power that we have to overcome our sin and struggles. And then verse 44, the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Jesus raises us from the dead so that we no longer have to be bound by the sin that has put us there. Unbind him and let him go. Jesus raises us from the dead and removes the penalty of sin. Is saving us from the power of sin and will one day save us from the presence of sin. So to the believer that is here this morning, what does this mean for us? I mean, besides the fact that it is really encouraging to see that God has that power to raise us from the dead. Let me encourage you that it was people that Christ asked to do stuff here. Look in verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. And in verse 44, Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Church, as believers, we take part in removing the stones and in helping unbind people. We take part in sharing the gospel. We don't have the power to save, but we have the words to lead them to Jesus. So Christ wants to use us as the church to get this word out. This is a message worth proclaiming to every person who ever lives. How selfish can you be to not share the gospel with somebody that you know is dying without it? This is like the cure for cancer. If you had it and you knew somebody else had it, you're going to let people know about it. But yet this gospel message, we get so afraid to share with people.
how selfish can we be? The most loving thing Christ did for us was become ridiculed and humiliated and suffered and died for us. The most loving thing we can do for somebody is to risk the chance of humiliation to share the gospel with them. And for the unbeliever in the room, do you know Jesus? Do you believe that He is the resurrection and the life? What better day than Easter Sunday to give your life to Christ? What better day than Easter Sunday to be resurrected from death to life? I pray you know Him. If you don't, come talk to me. Come talk to me. I want to tell you what He's done to my life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for the time that we've had to come together to celebrate Your resurrection. But God, I pray that You help us to celebrate it each and every single day. You are a good God. You sent Your only Son to live and die for us. And You showed Your glory by raising Him from the dead. You showed Your power by raising Him from the dead. And God, we can be reminded this Easter of the hope that we have in You and the power that You have to raise dead people to life. So God, I pray that You continue doing that. Continue raising dead people to life. God, we thank You for who You are. For your grace, your love, and your mercy. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.